special edition of Wrestling with the Future. I'm Angelo DeCivio, your host. Joined as I am every week. He's here smiling. Look at that man. Look at that, that grin. You're grinning, brother. You're grinning. You got a story to tell tonight. I know you do. And the man Sebastiano, the happy haberdasher. The smartest man in the room. And, Dan, we have a uh, brand-new guest tonight and a returning member of the family. Let me introduce our friend, Javier. Oist. Oist, am I saying? Oist. Javier, say your name. Javier Oist. There you go. (laughs) I got close. And our friend from deep in the heart of the Sunshine State, Big Ben Scala from Ocala. Benny, how you doing, brother? Good. Good to be back. It's nice to have you back, and I got news for you. You're going to get Pearl Harbor tonight. You don't know what's coming, but I got a surprise for you, you old shit. Oh, all right. Pearl Harbor. Uh-oh. Yes. So let us, uh, let's introduce our guest of honor tonight. Javier Host is a, uh, a, a writer. He's a columnist, author. Um, you are most associated, Javier, with pro wrestling stories. Yeah. Now, for people who don't know, and I'm sure there are a great number of people who do, I know Benny's one of them because Benny writes for that (laughs) circulation. Tell everybody a little bit about what Pro Wrestling Stories is. Pro Wrestling, well, thanks for having me on the show, uh, Angelo, Dan. Pro Wrestling Stories has been going on for, I believe it's about six years. I had the opportunity to start writing for them last year. It was about uh, Silver King, the Mexican wrestler who died in in England last year of the heart attack. And I contacted them and said, you guys should write about this. And J.P. Zarka, which is an editor, who is the editor and owner, he said, basically, I sent them a bunch of information. And he said, hey, you got all the information here. You got the passion for this. Looks like you know what's going on. Why don't you do it? I was really? scared to I was scared to death. I'm like, well, let, let, I can do this, you know. Let's let's try and do this. I didn't know what I was doing. I had written before. I used to work at a at a, for my college a sports for the sports program in a, at St. Thomas University in Florida. Sure, that's nothing like writing an article with a story and uh, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got through it and I said, well, that's it. I made I wrote an article and. Uh, great one article became two then three and now 70 articles later you guys have me on the show and uh i'll keep on writing until until well and in the interest (laughs) of full disclosure i troll uh, a great number of the uh, these people don't know i do but i do (laughs) i that's how how do you think dan that i became the smartest guy in the room (laughs) uh you met me i thought it wasn't go shut up (laughs) osmosis yeah right. <laughs> well, I uh, I I do. I tr- I troll Benny and I troll Javier. Um, I read a lot of your stuff. A lot, a lot more right. than uh, than a lot of people know. Right. And, and, and I have I have I, seen you commenting, Angelo. I have seen you commenting uh, a couple of times. Yeah, and, and I and I do, uh, and I follow you and Benny for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, I like the no nonsense, no bullshit approach. Uh, anybody who knows me, I'm a fun guy and I can have as, as much fun as the next guy, but when it comes to journalism, when it comes to getting a story out, I'm kind of a purist in that regard. Give me the facts, give me the information, tell me what I need to know, 
leave me wanting to ask questions. And that's what you and Benny do. Uh, you don't know you do that, Benny, but you do. Uh, Dan, in the interest of full disclosure, has written a number of articles that he doesn't know that I'm aware of. But I'm going to let Dan do something I've never asked him to do before. And uh, kind of give me a little bit of your background, Daniel, in journalism. Okay. Um, I actually had a very similar origin story to Javier um, years back. Back, I, was, I don't know how many years ago it was now. Um, there was the the what was originally a sports entertainment site covering wrestling, UFC, uh, NoDQ.com, run by a man named Aaron Rift. Um, sure. I reached out to him. I reached out to him about some items, and he very like you said, Javier, very similar. Like, hey, you seem to know your stuff, and he gave me a, some login credentials. And next thing you know, I was writing there, and then I got picked yeah. up for some cool. side projects, and it, it ended up being very much editorial. You know, here's my opinion on this, and here's my opinion on that. And we had, you know, at the time you had UFC, you had uh, early TNA. WWE and there was a lot of big stories because of, of just some of the things that were happening, some of the scandals and, and various things that came to fruition there. And you know, next next thing you know, like you like you said, Javier, next thing you know, uh, you know, a couple dozen articles later, it's like, oh, this this is actually you know what was supposed to yeah. be a one off turned into a, a short stint, and then yeah. next thing you know, between my uh, that transition with my love of the. Uh, I've mentioned on the show many times the the tapes. Mm -hmm. I used to watch all the old wrestling tapes. If you know, yeah. go to the, go to the video store. So next thing you know, I'm researching history and I'm learning more about you know stuff that I, I was before my time. So I started re sure. writing on the history of wrestling and and trying to get the scoops from the past. And one thing led to another, and here I am. Well, and it it didn't hurt that you knew Jeff the Ref Robinson either. Yeah, oh, that man was an encyclopedia. You know that. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I'm the one who dubbed him the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling. Those Benny. early episodes, Angelo. Those early episodes, Angelo. I'm sorry. Those yes, are sir. great with you and with you and Jeff. The first couple episodes of uh, of Wrestling with the Future. If you, someone you wants to, that, Javier, we were flying yeah. by the seat of our pants, brother. <laughs> if, you, if someone just wants, if someone wants to get a real good background of how things used to be. Those first couple episodes are gold, absolute yeah, gold. They really, really are, and 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 that, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because the other thing, it's a it was a a learning experience. You know, Benny used the word a few moments ago, osmosis, and that's really what our journey was in the beginning. It was literally an, an osmosis, a, a a reforming, if you will, of this podcast format into what it is now where we have guests from all over the world and we're able to, to pipe in live and we're able to do phone calls and multiple, I think how many guests did we have on Bruno's episode, Dan, like seven or eight of it. I think with call-ins, yeah, six or seven people. Yeah. So now Benny, tell me about your introduction to pro wrestling stories. Well, um, so I really don't have a writing background per se. I have a degree in accounting. You know, most, most of my life I've been an accountant, but I always like to write. And I mean, when my kids were little, I wrote stories for my kids. And about, eh, about three years ago, I have a friend named Mike Migat. Um, he lives in Johnstown City, Pennsylvania. He was a good friend of Bruno's. Yeah, I know yeah. Mike well. You do know? Okay. So yeah. uh, right before Bruno's birthday in 2017... Um, I wrote a tribute 
uh, to Bruno on Facebook for his birthday. Yeah. And uh, Mike read it and he said, uh, you know, Benny, I'm taking Bruno to uh, Rico's in Pittsburgh for his birthday. Um, would you mind if I read him your, your, your tribute? I said, would I mind? I mean, he's the guy's my hero. I'd be honored if you read that to him. And yeah. uh, he did. And he said, well, don't be surprised if he calls you. And at, at the time, I was living in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, working for a car dealership. About 6 o'clock at night, thank God I wasn't busy. And uh, Mike calls me. He says, Benny, there's somebody on the phone who wants to talk to you. And you, you know Bruno's, Bruno had that unmistakable voice. Very distinct, Benny. <laughs> and, and the first words out yeah. of his mouth were, you know, Benny, how did you learn to write those beautiful words? Wow. And what I told him, I said, Bruno, when you write from the heart, it's easy. He didn't say to you, well, you know, gosh darn it, Benny, you made me cry. <laughs> <Doggone> it. <laughs> but, um, you know, and after that, you know, I, I met him in December. We had, I had Christmas dinner with him. And I was, it was the, you know, other than my kids being born, probably the, like one of the most significant my, li, nights of my entire life. And I thought, yeah. well, I got to write about this. Sure. Absolutely. And I did the same thing. I mean, and I had met JP on Facebook. And I gave him the idea, and he said, yeah, go for it. And we went, you know, a lot of back and forth. He did some, you know, great editing on it, and uh, there, you know, there it is. But And I wrote another one more after that. But, uh, Javier, I have to catch up to you. Right now, I think it's like 65 to 2. So it's like no, the, uh, like the Harlem Globetrotters your, versus the your, Washington your, Generals basketball. But your couple of articles, I'm each one of your articles is like worth 10, though. But, yeah, I, I have some more spare time coming up, and I, I intend to catch up to you. Well, I intend to make you very busy, so hold on to your spare time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now, Javier, let's talk about uh, what brings us, uh, you and I, here tonight, because then we're going to open up, uh, as Steve Austin would say, we're going to open up a, a can of whoop-ass, because uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to open up the can of worms, and they're going to go all over Um Selena Vega, you, you brought something to my attention and a rather lengthy article. Uh, give everyone the gist of what we're talking about and then go into detail uh, for uh, Benny's benefit, for you know Dan the Man's benefit, and myself, of course, our listening audience. Uh, what's, what has transpired then and what's going on now? Yeah, the, the question with Selena Vega is... My, the question would be, is she going to be the catalyst of change, finally the catalyst of change for pro wrestling after all these years? Are they finally going to have some kind of unionization, some kind of uh, organization where they'll be able to uh, talk, uh, negotiate better deal, better, they'll have better... They'll have they can have 401ks, pension plans, uh, health health insurance. That's the that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. Basically, Selena Vega with WWE was a rising star, and they were told that they cannot be on third tier accounts anymore. That's a Twitch, that's a Cameo. Those are the, the basically they were they were making money off those. Sure. Selena, in her case, she was making more money off Twitch. It's reported by Dave Meltzer uh, that she was making more money off Twitch than what she was making in WWE. That's factual, Javier. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not one that likes to tout Dave Meltzer. And I'm not. And, and I will tell you that I independently verified that. Yeah. Uh, separate and aside from Dave Meltzer. And she is 
in fact, she was, in fact, making substantially, and I'll use that word, substantially more working at her twitch.tv gig than, than WWE. Here's the problem that I have, and I want to throw this to everybody. Maybe we can do kind of a, a round robin, Dan. Yeah. And we'll start with Javier and, and you, and then, then Benny can chime in. But here's the open-ended question. Given the fact that these pro wrestlers are contracted employees and not employees per se, they're subcontractors, they're well, what do I call them, Dan? They're, they're 1099 contractors. Yeah. Yeah. They're 1099 employees, right? Yeah. They're, they're in, they're all classified as independent I have to ask contractors. my accountant, Mr. Scala. Danny, 1099. Yeah. They're, they're contracted employees. Like Dan said, they're not, they're not truly employees. Okay. Given that fact, and I think we all agree on that. How the hell does anybody have the right to tell a subcontracted employee second party by nature who they can or cannot work for or make money from, especially when the amount of money you're paying them is below standard. So Javier, take yep. that one. And, and I'd we'll like around the loop. I'd like to add Selena Vega was doing that. Not on WWE time. It's her time. She had that. And, and that's exactly the point. That's yep. the thing. But the question, the WWE falls, their argument is, okay, you're making money off uh, Zelina Vega, you're off, off your name, off the name that we created. That's the thing. The question would be, is her account, was her account under her name or Zelina Vega? Even if it's under her birth birth name, people are there for Zelina Vega. They don't care what, you can. she can put Randy Macho Man Savage underneath her but people there for Zelina Vega and Zelina Vega, WWE gave the platform, provided the platform for her, for her to become a star. And she became a star because yeah. she's talented, but WWE uh, provided the platform. But How it was on her free time, you know. Let me ask you, and you know what, maybe, let me ask Benny this question. Benny, so. if, uh, if you see Hulk Hogan on the street, is he Hulk Hogan or is he Terry Bollea? He's Hulk to me. Okay. Now, if he goes home on his computer, sets up a, a, a twitch.tv account under the name Terry Bollea, is he Terry Bollea or is he Hulk Hogan? <laughs> At that point, he's Terry, right? Well, or, or, or is he? here's, the, here's the problem, though. He's, he's we know his name, but that's not the issue. It's what people see. People well, see Selena Vega. Right. People see Hulk Hogan. They could see you know? Terry Bollea, but they're still going to think Hulk Hogan. That's exactly. my point, Ben. Right. And Benny, right. that's exactly my point. Dan, chime in on this one. Because well, I know you're chomping it, at the bit. It's actually <laughs> funny you mentioned Hulk Hogan because some of the precedent that WWE is using stemmed from Hulk Hogan's lawsuit with Gawker, where he set the legal precedent that I'm talking about Hulk Hogan on this tape, not talking about Terry Bollea. That's a dead, that's a character I play. So you can't hold me legally responsible for things that Hulk Hogan says and does in character, or mm. if I'm playing Hulk Hogan. And, and that's he got of, away with it, Dan. Well, and that's kind of Javier's point is regardless of what name you're using, the WWE's argument is the fame that you've garnished is from us. So therefore any 
cashing in on that fame should be through our pockets. Well, that, here's the yeah. thing. And <laughs> Javier, correct me if you think I'm wrong. And, I, and I, I encourage everybody, if you think I'm off base with this, shut me down. Oh, no. Here's, no. My, here's my contention. Mm. My contention will be, has been, and will remain that it was singularly the union subject. That was the subject matter that got Selena Vega in hot water. That was the, the linchpin right there. I don't think it had anything to do really with her money. I really, really don't. They are absolutely adamantly against any form of unionization because that means that they can no longer control those people. Now they have to answer to other people. And Vince McMahon and Paul Levesque and Stephanie McMahon Levesque are not accustomed to answering to anyone. Amen. Shut me down if you think I'm wrong. I, I, I believe that the, what happened in the timeline, the way things happened, is when she posted, I uh, support unionization, she already knew that she was going to be fired. She hadn't been fired yet, but she yeah. had been told that she was going to be fired. And reports say that Vince McMahon didn't want to speak with her before she left. That's what I read also. That doesn't surprise me, Javier. Yeah. It doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me a bit. And you know what? And good for her. And I'm going to tell her if she's watching this. And if anybody knows her, tell her to watch this. Ms. Vega, if you're out there, I'm telling you, kudos, sister. Yeah. Good for you. Takes a lot of courage. Uh, you, know? you took right. one final parting shot at them, and good for you. Yeah. Jesse Ventura. Yep. Jesse yep. Ventura made a fortune for that company. He made a mint for that company, working with and against Hogan. Macho Man, uh, Adrian Adonis, you name it. All of the players made a fortune for them. And they cut him off like yesterday's bad news. Yep. When he said union. He's one of the few wrestlers who have had some success, well, a lot of success against Vince McMahon. He was well, $800,000. Yeah, lawsuits against him, Javier. Yeah. Including, yeah. let me remind everybody, including back pay, back royalties, mm -hmm. residuals from tapes that had his name and likeness on it. Yeah. Because he was Jesse Ventura before the WWF. That's what right. he told him, yeah. That's what and that's him. what people don't remember. Well, how did Jesse win? Because he was Jesse before WWF. So where do we stand? Where is where's the story uh, at this point uh, up to this date in time? Right now, it's kind of cooled off, which which uh, worries me. But what I understand is the SAG AFTRA people and uh, what's her name, Gabriela Cantares, Carteris. Yeah, they she mentioned that they were going to be contacting people individually. And I yeah. and I believe that's what's going on. They're trying to see, they're 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 trying to make it work along with uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah, right. He wants yep, to was, he wants to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually just about to say that he Andrew Yang's taken a uh, a, a personalized interest, calling out the WWE specifically for their practices 
And mm-hmm. with Joe Biden having won the election, he's most likely going to be involved in the administration. So yeah. now you're going to have someone active with the power of the government behind yeah. them, specifically going after the WWE, which was a point Jesse Ventura always made when he talked about the contracts is, you know, you you you, you tell me where I have to work, who I can work for, what I can do, when I can do it. But exactly. you don't give me anything uh, as far as yeah. insurance or anything like that because I'm independent. How am I independent if I can't do anything without the say-so of, of one person? Yeah. That'd be like hiring a plumber and telling them you can only come to my house when I tell you and, and I'll, yeah. I'll sue you I if I see you. I have a simple solution for that, Dan. I have a very simple solution for that. Tell me if I'm wrong. Simple solution. Hire them as full-time employees. Exactly. Yeah. It's that simple. Just hire them as an employee. I mean, the the WWF, WWE, they've been accused of misclassifying employees. For decades. To free them them of obligations that they would otherwise have to offer. You know. uh, This is not new. No, definitely not. No. You know, they say history repeats itself. Well, this is. This is a story that's repeated itself, not just with with Ms. Vega and Mr. Ventura. Uh, Let's remind people that Mr. San Martino went through a little uh, roundabout with them back in the early days when Vince Jr. was starting to flex his, you know, um, executive muscles, so to speak, uh, at the uh, end of his father's tenure. Um, That's what started... That's what yeah. started the bad blood between Vince and Junior. I mean, between uh, Vince Junior and Bruno. Bruno. That's where it all stemmed from. You know, you're not going to tell a guy that's been, you know, ten year, eleven year world champion, and made, you know, uh, a Fort Knox in money for you. That that he's wrong. Are you? kidding me right how do you do that with a guy that made your company what it is he carried he put that company. you on the map if you if you look at the if you look at the how things are distributed i read that right now if wwe the talent has gets eight percent of the gross eight yeah. percent if you look at other pro leagues it's about 60 40 even 50 50 if you look at football for yeah. pro wrestling, for WWE, it's 8% for the talent. That's yeah. absolutely disgraceful. 8% gross. Yeah. Benny, you're, you're a money guy. Let me throw some numbers at you. These are real numbers, by the way, Benny. Real numbers. Downside guarantee, low-end downside guarantee right now is $75,000. That's if you sit home and do absolutely nothing for a year. You're going to get 75 grand. If you've got merch that's selling, you're going to get, as Javier said, 8% of the merch. Television, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not television, um, uh, t shirts, um, uh, uh, DVDs. Yeah, all the gimmicks, uh, yeah. You know, championship belts, if you happen to be a belt holder, whatever the case may be, uh, you're going to get a piece of that as well. Um, If you're the money guy and you have one of these people as your client, are you going to tell them to stay home? Are you going to tell them to go to work? Or are you going to tell them to keep the mouth shut and keep cashing the checks? 
Well, I mean, if they're getting just the, the 75 grand for doing nothing, that's one thing. But I mean, you know, if I'm if if I'm their manager, I'm, I I want them maxing out their merch and everything else too, though. Yeah, well, and that, that that's a slippery slope, though. And here's the question, though, Benny: How do you navigate that from a financial standpoint? Yeah, I mean, the the problem is is that you know your merch really is in is in somebody else's hands. It's not really in your hands. You know, that's it, the it, point, Benny. Right. You, you just nailed it, Benny. You just nailed it. That's what people don't understand, Dan the man. Yep. That's what they don't get. They have no control over. They have to take their words for it. When somebody shows you that ledger sheet and said, this is how much merch you sold. Well, how do I know who verified right. that? Yeah. Who on who from my camp? That's a good that point. Verified yeah. the veracity of that. Well, you also see that um, I think most high profile was with the merchandise concern concerning Jordan Miles, but um, where where you have wrestlers that come out publicly and say they had no control over what their merch looked like, uh, how how it was distributed, or in cases like uh, well Miro back when he was Rusev, who yeah. became one of the number one merch sellers in the company, and they specifically changed his gimmick because they didn't want. They didn't want to give him that money. They didn't want to give him that spot. So you know we're we're gonna we're gonna basically sacrifice ourselves just yeah. to screw you on the merch royalties. Just to it screw happened you to on another guy too, Dan. Happened to another guy too, a guy that you're not real fond of, but a guy who nonetheless stood up for himself and got paid. He got his payday. A guy named Ryback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ryback was the same way. Uh, he fought for his merch. He fought for his money. He fought for his royalties and residuals, and he got it. Here's the thing. If you think about what Ryback did, what Bruno did, what Jesse Ventura did, think about what they all did. They fought back. They fought legally. They all fought back legally Mm -hmm. because they had the balls to do so. The problem is if you just sit back like a good puppy and say, oh, thank you, Mr. McMahon. Oh, thank you for my $800 this week. $800? Some of these people are wiping their ass with $800. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. To, to, on, a, on, on a recent show, Tony Atlas, about talking about this subject, he mentioned that he received $140 for the year in, uh, in residuals. $140 for the yeah. whole year. Yep. I heard him say that, that on uh, on Boston Wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that the show you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boston Wrestling. Yeah, we it's, did uh, a uh, crazy, we, crazy. We stuff. had a, a, one of the uh, the last segments I did before my new schedule kicked in was an interview with Duke the Dumpster Drosy, and he was uh-huh. telling us the story yes. that they gave they offered them a cash per diem, twenty bucks a week or twenty bucks a, sh- a, a show. I mean. Um, in in lieu of their paycheck, like take the per diem. And he said, these guys would take the cash because they, they could never guarantee their paychecks would be right or on time or anything. So, I mean, here's a guy at the time he was in a feud with with triple H (laughs) making, you know, number 30 in the rumble, somewhat being pushed on television, 20 bucks a day. Yeah. I remember that show. And he's not lying. You Duke, Duke is on our show. Talking to Dan, and that's exactly what he said. 
a twenty dollar a day per diem. Yeah, yeah, they, they in, have to pay. They have to pay of, hotel travel. Yeah. You, you can get yeah. 75, 75 grand sounds nice, but you're paying hotel. You're paying uh, your car rental. You're right. paying maybe if you got to fly. You're paying your food. Yeah, you're on had, insurance. It's funny, you know, um, Dan, and it's a very fresh in our memory. Um, Javier, Benny, we just had the living legend Larry Zabisco on. Yeah. Uh. And Larry, how about it, Danny? I mean, how about it, Dan? Uh, Larry talked about if we didn't sell tickets, we didn't eat. And that's yep. exactly what he said. Yep. He said, if we didn't sell tickets, we didn't eat. Those guys were working for, Dan the man, tell me if I'm bullshitting. They were working for 25 bucks, for 50 bucks. They did double shots on Saturday and double shots on Sunday. Five five or six of them in a rental car, five or six of them in a shady motel. Just because that was the only way they could afford to have any money. Eating eating bologna sandwiches on the floor. Yep. The bologna blowout. Yeah. 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 Bologna and cheese sandwiches. Yeah. The bologna blowout. Yeah. Real deal, people. It's a real. That's yeah. real stuff. The sad thing is that no, there's no accountability. Nobody, like you said, nobody is holding them accountable. And you have to and, be almost a Bruno or a Jesse to hold accountable. You you opened up the Pandora's box that, that I referred to earlier in the show. When I said uh, the uh, the can is going to open and them worms are just going to go out all over the place. <laughs> That's the problem, Benny, right there. No one is being held to account. Nobody's feet are being held to the fire. The only people that had the balls to do that to Vincent Company were Jesse, Ryback, and Bruno, uh, Bruno and to some extent, Ultimate Warrior, rest in peace. But the, let's be honest, the warrior just held him up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he may as well. You do have the uh, lawsuit with the 30 wrestlers with the concussions. Oh, the concussion. Right. Thing, some I, are yeah. some are still alive. Some are not. But it, that's still we there. Actually, um, yeah. I have a, a friend of mine that was involved in that lawsuit, uh, Vito LaGrasso. OK. And we talked about Vito and I talked about that. Um, the problem is those guys. They lost going into that. And here's why they lost going into it. Here's what happened. Before, understand, they're professional wrestlers. Before any of them, before any of them went to WWF or WWE, every one of them, Javier, every one of them worked for another company. Mm-hmm. How do you prove how do you prove that your concussion came about on their watch? True. In that respect, I have to favor the company right. because it's a compelling argument. It's hard yeah. to prove, yeah. 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 And Vito, you know, and I believe him, you know, it was a, an unsafe working environment. I, for I believe, I, 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 I remember that show, I believe Vito said that the WWEF they had the best rings. They had the safest rings. I believe he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Now think oh. about, you know, companies like ECW that were not exactly safe. Yeah. How about some, some uh, other independent organizations like the AWA that wasn't really known for its safety factors. Mm. You know, you have to understand something. These guys traveled all over the country. 
largely in cars. Only the big names, Benny, got the fly. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Still. It's still, I believe it's still that still way. Still today, yeah. 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 You, know, like I, if, I, you know, if you're making money for Vince, you get the fly in WWE 1 or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, that was actually. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Javier, go ahead. No, I was just going to comment. I, uh, according to Rock and Robin, she had she had zero experience of uh, traveling, and she just got in the mail her plane tickets and the dates, and she had to match yeah. those up. She's a teenager; she had no idea. Yeah. And the, the right. same happens with the with the star with the stars today. The same thing; they just send you stuff in the mail where you got to be, uh, yeah. what days, and you figure it out. We're talking well, about the, you know, we're talking and, about the biggest company, pro wrestling company. Well, they're well, sports entertainment company in the world, and they still do things yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified yourself there because I was going to fight <laughs> I, you on that. Yeah, I, want, I wanted they, to really clarify myself there. <laughs> and the men will tell you, and Benny will tell you, I got a real problem with that term wrestling when it comes out of the WWE camp. It a stopped real being wrestling a long time ago, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, Benny, you and I are around the same age bracket. Uh, we're only a couple of years apart. Right. And you and I grew up watching a product that was pro wrestling. Yep. Okay. No question about it. It was pro wrestling. What I see today doesn't even resemble yeah. the same sport. Yeah. It's, it's almost because like they're ashamed I of their past call, or something. I don't know. I could call our wrestling Benny and I's wrestling. I can call it a sport. I can't call this any facsimile of a sport. You know? It's it's coordinated spots is what it is. Yeah, well, it's it's a spot fest. It's a we call them, you know, monkey spots, uh, you know, high spots, whatever you want to call or them. Or like you say, Angelo, getting their shit in, right? Yeah. Getting your yeah, I love That's that. What I, I love How that. Many- you think Getting about it, Angelo. How many guests have we had on Larry Zabisco and all these guys that the first thing they say when they talk about the new product is how, you know, the second the bell rings, those guys are 150 miles an hour, flips, high spots, bam, bam, bam. I, and, they've and, all said it. Yeah, every one of them has field. the same exact complaint. It goes to almost, yeah. what Javier just said a minute ago is it is like a part of them is ashamed of the past yeah. and not just the wrestling. In the WWE, you can't use the word belt. You can't call it a strap. You can't say because title shot. Vince Anything- McMahon is ashamed that his father was a wrestling promoter. Vince McMahon doesn't call himself a wrestling promoter. He's a television producer. Yeah. That's the difference. He's not a wrestling guy. They want to be everything and everything. Yeah, he is a marketing guy. Let's be real clear about it. He's a marketing guy. All right. They want to do everything and everything. They want to be everything and anything except wrestling. They want to be a movie. They want to be a TV show. They want to be like a music video. Anything that that does not resemble wrestling. Here's what bothers me. Here's what bothers me. It's human nature, you guys. And I want you to chime in, and we'll start with Benny. Uh, Here's what bothers me about this. Human nature is to follow the leader. If the leader is doing it, they must be doing something right because they're the biggest and they're the best. Okay? I, I have... I could drive a truck through the holes in that argument. Okay? <laughs> right. Um, I really could. Because you're the biggest and because you're the best doesn't mean you're doing it right. Here's my problem. 
AEW, who I, and I've said it on this show before, and Dan will attest to it. I've said it many times. AEW, I held out great hope and promise that they were finally going to do wrestling. And then NWA Power came along, and I said, finally an homage to the old school. And they got, they got, you know, side squashed. Then Ring of Honor, then uh, New Japan. Well, New Japan was never, we'll talk about them later. Um, But Ring of Honor, you know, they had some potential. But then they got, you know, they felt the financial crush and they they ate the, the bullet pretty much. They're hanging on by a thread. Here's the, the, the issue I have, though. And Benny started off the argument. Because the WWE is so big and generally regarded as the best. Why? Explain to me why on earth. Do we listen to our inner human nature and follow the leader? Where is the independent thought in wrestling now, Benny? Uh, I think that like the older guys like us, we still have that. I think what, what the WWE is trying to do is change the perception of what wrestling is. And, you know, a lot of the younger people, they don't know anything but the WWE and they're, they're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, that you that, never yeah. hear them say anything about, you never hear Ivan Koloff or Edouard Carpentier or Dominic DiNucci. You never hear those names mentioned. And they're they're a vital part of the past. It's you hear like it on our show, we did a two-hour interview with Dominic. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, you'll never hear them on, on, on WWE. You'll never hear that out of Michael Cole's mouth. Yeah, it's a you know shame. Why? Because they're embarrassed of their They history. are embarrassed. What a pity. Yeah. They're embarrassed of the legacy they created. And what they That's don't understand sad. is, yeah, if, if it wasn't for a Dominic DiNucci and a Bruno and a, and a Edward Carpentier, there wouldn't be a WWE. And therein, Vince McMahon and Joe Biden have a lot in common because President Joe Biden and President Vince McMahon are both senile in the head whose best days have passed them by, who don't understand what, you know, what's happening in the moment. And aren't willing to change. And that's the problem. They're not willing to change. That's Vince's. That's been Vince's albatross for decades. He can't change who he is. Right. And he, he'll he never. And, I, and until he dies. And Lord, I hope he lives to be 100. I mean that. But until he dies, you will not see a single change in that company. Yeah. If it left, if you leave it to Paul Levesque and Stephanie, you may have a chance because I think she will listen to him. Okay, it reminds me of uh, reminds me of Al Davis and the Raiders. I'm a Raiders fan, and and mm-hmm. for Good decades, example. for decades, the Raiders they didn't have a general manager. They exactly. were doing they were doing things like back in the '70s and mid '80s. They did not change. They kept on throwing the deep ball. I mean, Al Davis had a just a grip on that team. He was a general manager. He was the owner. He was a scout. He was calling plays from the skybox. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> Dan. Yeah, no, that, that's a great example. And you're seeing that now with the Dallas Cowboys, where the more Jerry Jones tightens yeah. his grip, the less long-term success the team's had. Right. But um, I want to go – 
back to Benny's point for a second, some of the great names from the past that are vital to the success the WWE has. I mean, look at how often, you know, you, you obviously anytime something like recently with Pat Patterson, for example, when someone passes, there's the montage. And, and, and that's one thing. And thank you. Thank you for saying that. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, my God. I complete. I wanted to do that at the outset of the show. Um Pay our respects to the uh, to the family of uh, the late Pat Patterson. It's uh, strange to even say that. Pat Patterson, a man regarded as the greatest Finnish guy in pro wrestling, right. uh, passed away yesterday. And uh, I think at the age of uh, the near 80. 70. I think he was, was 79. 79. I was yeah. going to say it was uh, almost 80. Yeah, 79. Um, but here's a guy... Another guy. Here you go. This is a ninety percent of people have no idea. They don't have no idea who he is. Of the and, young and kids, that's exactly nothing. where I'm going with this. Here's a guy nothing. who changed the face. I don't think about this now. He changed the face of wrestling. The first openly gay pro wrestler to hold a championship. First, I see, and yeah. everybody knew it. Yeah. All the boys knew it. They all knew he was gay. They, every one of them knew he was a gay man. But he's a gay man who could kick your ass, who could sell tickets, who could win championships. And most importantly, he's a gay man. He was a gay wrestler, put it that way, who could bring people into the building by simply talking them in. Yeah. He had that ability. He had the gift of the promo. Yeah, he had four, uh, four, four uh, MSG with a backlin, right? I was going to say that. Yeah, no one, yeah. no one's done that, right? I mean, no, maybe, no, not four, maybe three, but not four. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. It's important to mention that he was a gay guy because at a time in wrestling when when gay men didn't come out, he came out. In a in a macho sport, by the way, okay. Yeah, so and it kudos, never. Kudos to Pat Patterson for being brave, you know, and for taking it on the chin when he had to. But I got news for you: say what you want about him, and the people have made Pat Patterson jokes for decades. I'm gonna tell you something: that man could wrestle, he could fight, he was convincing doing it, and he was a hell of a finish guy. I, I'm and about to say the WWE would not have been the company that it was had he not been by Vince McMahon's side, hanging out at the pool, writing storylines. I think it's important too, Angelo. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were finished that I'm never he, finished. man. you know that it's not just the skill. It's also the mind for the years he worked as an agent. Some of the biggest moments in re in wrestling, WrestleMania and other events, he was credited with booking. He was a finished man, but he also came up with the idea of the Royal rumble. He yeah. talked Vince McMahon. He's, he's one of the ones who talked Vince McMahon out of calling WrestleMania, the colossal tussle, which I, yeah, it's, it's and that's, that's you know, um, let's but I mean, about it's, that. It's, let it's, me stop you there for a second. Hold on. The, the, the colossal tussle. And I've heard that before. And that was supposed to that was legit, by the way, in, in case you guys never heard it. Yeah. WrestleMania w was this close to being called the colossal tussle. Yep. 
Pat Patterson is the one who came up. It was actually Pat Patterson, and you're going to laugh when I tell you. It was Howard Finkel mm-hmm. and Pat Patterson that came up with WrestleMania. Yep. And Pat Patterson singularly came up with the name the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was his baby from start to finish. I think I think every that. every every book you read about stars that were in that era, they'll claim that they came up with that WrestleMania name. It's it's I'm ridiculous. Straight shoot, brother. Doctor yeah. Doc, D says it was his idea, and I it know goes on and on. You know? <laughs> Dan will tell you I have a lot of people on this show I go back a long time with a lot of people We've had a lot of people on the show J.J. Dillon Davey O'Hannon We've had uh, uh, Eddie Mansfield yeah. Dominic Danucci, Larry Zabisco yeah. Sal Carrenti, uh, uh our, our buddy Sal Benny, Casey. You know, Tony Villano Our buddy Tony, Lanny Poffo uh, Seth Turner just recently, the from the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, we've had a lot of people on this show who have a deep, steeped history in pro wrestling, and we categorize and archive those shows because nobody else is is preserving the history except us. We're the only ones doing that. Right? Do you realize that? Yeah. That's, We're that's the why, only that's podcast why we tune <laughs> that's doing that. It just blows my fucking mind. Pardon my French, guys. It blows my mind that we're the only ones. I'm glad we are, by the way, because I got surprised at the end of the show <laughs> that Benny and Dan the Man don't know about. Well, you could have um, been you could have been number five, podcast number five thousand to talk about Ron Smackdown every week. You could have done that, right? Javier, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're number five thousand or number five hundred thousand? Because yeah, like by the way, yeah. just <laughs> you're, you're gonna this is gonna this number is gonna blow your mind. Just in the wrestling genre, wow, there are over four hundred thousand podcasts worldwide. I'm wow. not even shitting you. I kid you not. Kid you not. Now, another thing that brings us together here, gentlemen. Oh, Dan, I'm sorry. Was, um, you were, st- and when I interrupted you about Pat, you were saying something. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. You interrupt me so rarely, it just it caught me off guard. Um, you know, you're being sarcastic now, young. Man. <laughs> no, the 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 point I was making with yeah. Pat Patterson's history is you think about. Hulk Hogan, when Hulk Hogan won the title for the first time, it was it was within 20 years of Buddy Rogers lose, you yeah. know, of, of his retirement. And at no point growing up in the 80s did I ever hear them mention Buddy Rogers on TV. I knew about him from the tapes. Fans today, you know, fans in the 90s didn't hear about Bruno. Fans today barely hear about Hogan and Savage and all. It's it, once a new generation is created by McMahon, the old mm-hmm. one disappears. Exactly. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Javier, in, in your experience and and Benny, same thing. Is you know, you're talking Pat Patterson's one of the greatest competitors in the history of the business, and mm-hmm. 90% of wrestling fans know him from his corporate stooge gimmick, and that's it. They probably they, yeah. they even even during that time when he was on TV every week, they almost never acknowledged his wrestling past. From like the mid '80s onward, yeah. WWF is only forward thinking. They right. like they like forgot about the past, 
Just forward, forward, forward. Everything new is better. Well, think about it, Javier. What happened during that time? I'll tell you exactly what happened. Vince took over. Vince McMahon Sr. died. Vince McMahon Jr. took over. Yeah, 83. And all bets were off, uh, and it was no longer wrestling. He declared almost immediately. There were, remember, you remember when he came on television with that yeah. ugly plaid jacket? I'll never forget. I'll see it as clear as day. That plaid jacket that said, we're no longer going to refer to the good guys and the bad guys. Remember uh, that? Yeah. Well, I've you seen know, it. There and are no more good guys in business. You know, he basically yeah. exposed the business. He shit on the business his father created. In so doing, he smartened everybody up. Another, uh, you know, talk about break kayfabe. Yeah. He, he took a giant yeah. shit on kayfabe. People throw it all on uh, Eddie Mansfield that you've had on the show three times. It wasn't him. He didn't, he, you know, and, and we can go and, on all yeah. night for that. Wasn't and him. I'm real quick to point that out, too, because I'll defend yeah. Eddie up and down, brother. Yeah. Dan, I'll tell you, I will mm-hmm. defend Eddie Mansfield all day long on that one. Yeah. You know, when Vince, when Vince started getting his, when he yeah. took control of the, of the whole car, that's when things yeah. changed forever. And John Stossel's lucky he only got his ear boxed. He could, they were going <laughs> to beat the fuck out of him. He don't know how close he came to being a paraplegic. So, um, we have three guys here that are writers. Let's talk, uh, you know, when, uh, at the beginning of the show, I said, uh, we're going to go uh, you know, inside the uh, the stories. Let's go uh, inside the story here. Um, another story that you did, Javier, that I followed, and I wanted to talk about it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of talk about history glossing over. Um, back in the day, um, I believe his name was um, Billy Wolf. He yeah, was a, Billy Wolf, yeah. Billy Wolf was a, 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 the, uh, a promoter for women's wrestling mm-hmm. back in the day. And I believe it was his adopted yeah. daughter. Was it a step? Yes. Right. Am I right about that one? She he, uh, it, it was a young, it was a, it was a young, young girl. Uh, she was underage and he adopted her. We don't know if, well, Mil- Billy Wolf and Mildred Burke. They were uh, they were a couple, right? They but were we married. Yeah, but we don't know if Mildred Burke approved of that relationship of that adoption, but but uh, but she was adopted. Yeah. So uh, and so the question Janet, I Janet, have is Janet Boyer the, Wolf. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the the allegation has been, and this is why we're going to go on the inside here. The allegations over the years have been. Everything from it was a, a pre-planned hit, to use that term, um, an inside screw job, to use another term, um, a way of, quote, taking her out, unquote, uh, doing it legally, because if you die in the ring, you're, you die in the ring, you know? That's like a... Like if you in, in hockey, if you get hit, but it's not a illegal hit or football, yeah. it happens, right? Um, the problem here is something you pointed out earlier. She lied about her age 
Uh, and she wasn't 18. I believe she was 16 or 17. Yeah, she was under she was underage. So that's why he he had to take her under his wing in order for her to be a wrestler. That's how I uh, understood it. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I know that he put her in the ring. Well, under the age of 18, I think yeah. she was 16 or 17. Yeah, she was under I wanting to say 16 for whatever reason, because that's like sticking with me. Um, so who is to blame then? Is it he to blame for putting her in the ring? Are the conspirators to blame for essentially killing this kid? What's the what's the story, Benny? You know, and it's funny because I read Javier's story about two hours ago. That same story. Oh, no shit. (laughs) Just read, and that's weird. And I think I had read something similar in Wrestling Review many, many years ago about about her as well. And I think back then they kayfabed it that she got kicked in the stomach and she had eaten a big meal. And I guess her stomach exploded. And, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you're a minor, you really can't be held accountable. I mean, you're, you know, you can't, you're not really legally capable of making your own decisions yet. She, that was her third match, I believe. It was third and match. From what I read, she wasn't ready to, to be in the ring. Oh, not even close, Benny. Not right. even close. Yeah. Dan, what so, do you know about that? You know, um, actually very, very little. It's one of those stories that kind of gets a passing glance, uh, in the grand scheme of history. And, I'll, I'll confess it's one of those that I never really followed up on. I, I'm aware of the basics of it, but I never really nice. deep-dived into the specifics of, of the history of it, so I'm not really a one to speak on it. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to cover it. I, w- I wanted to cover it, and I got the green light, and I mm-hmm. said, well, this is something I don't think too many people know about, and, and to me it was... Yeah. It's a sad story, but one of those yeah. stories that needs I'll to be tell told. You and, what, you know, Javier, yeah. I'll tell you what, along those lines... Yeah. Um, I have information, um, first-hand information, on the uh, the death of the quick draw Rick McGraw. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of people don't notice, but he died on television in a match with Roddy Piper. Very young. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. He was dead before he left the ring. Wow. They uh, they carried him out like he was injured, but he was already dead. What people don't know is that he did not die from a heart attack, as was reported mm-hmm. from steroids. Yes, it's true. He was taking steroids. Right. He dies from a broken neck in the ring. That's what killed him. Oh. It severed his spinal cord. Mm. And that's what and that that incident there. Yeah, that's the from official that moment yeah. forward. Mm. You could see a visible and psychological change in Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper was not the same from that moment forward. How could you be? Yeah. It really screwed him up. It really, really did. And in later years, you could really see Roddy was struggling with it. If you ever wanted to see that played out in real time, watch Legends House. With Pat Patterson and yeah. Roddy Piper and Tony Atlas and Jimmy Hart and Hillbilly Jim and Mean Gene um, and Hacksaw, yeah. yeah, Hacksaw Duggan. Watch that uh, and and uh, and Howard Finkel. Watch that that whole series and watch Roddy Piper. He's not. He's gone. He's not there. He wasn't the same since. 
Mm-hmm. And I will, I will, uh, Every- you know, I will, I believe that, and I will stand by that. Then, and I'll make that argument with anybody who wants to make the argument. Yeah, Rick he, McGraw, he, if you. If- you, uh, I'm sorry. Just the official story is like, like you say. Well, it's not. Uh, it's the heart, the heart, steroids and heart attack. And I right. thought that was yeah. super strange. Such a young guy. I thought, always thought that was strange. I thought there's got to be something yeah. off there. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make sense when it happened. Go ahead, Dan. No, you're. Javier just just took the words out of my mouth is is the when the official narrative. <laughs> no, you're fine. When the official yeah. narrative is a young fit guy who. Yeah. Honestly, even even people who say steroids will acknowledge he hadn't been taking them for long to, you know, gets into a training regiment with steroids and then drops dead of a heart attack when yeah. you've got. I hate to say it, but there's guys we've had on the show that'll tell us they they, they took steroids for 25, 30 years and here they are yeah. 70 and fine. You know, it, there's more to it than that, especially well, sure that the nature of the nature of for the for lack of a better term the the manner in which he the he collapsed in the ring oh, Dan, it we had doesn't the, sound like a medical emergency it sounds like Dan, you something broke Dan, we had magnum ta on the show oh yes he told us he was eating steroids like candy yeah <laughs> remember he told us that they had a grocery bag overflowing with you know drugs and needles and all kinds of stuff he was looking like a gorilla yeah. You know, and he's fine. Yeah. Still around, you know. It was yeah. a, a, thank God he's still around. That car accident almost right. killed him. But the steroids never did. Right. Yeah. That's you, my point. You know, you, you talk, Angelo, about uh, stories. And, and Javier, you mentioned wanting to cover stories that a lot of people don't know about. I do want to commend you while it's fresh in my mind. A couple months ago, I think it was September, October, you wrote an article on Ashley Massaro that yeah. I thought was really, really well done and went into the betrayal of the company and how they kind of turned a blind eye to her story. Yeah. And I, I think the narrative you had was was something that I don't think it's talked about enough. I just wanted to commend you on. I thought that was a phenomenal article. Well, Dan, thank you, uh, thank you for bringing that up because that was on the list too. Okay, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump. No, no, I'm glad you did because we're we're gonna I'm gonna let Benny jump in that one. Ashley Massaro uh, committed suicide. A lot of people say that she was uh, seriously and severely depressed over uh, uh, losing her position and uh, suffering some injuries in her career, Um, not looking the way she once looked, and she's a beautiful woman. Um, Who's to blame for that, Benny? Uh, Does the company, uh, do they have to step up and take some responsibility for that, or uh, once she leaves, is she on her own? Well, I mean... I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, a contracted employee. Like, why are these people contracted employees? It, they're they're pretty much, they can't work for anybody else. So why aren't they employees? You know, and, that, and, and, and every that's... good employer has an, has an EA, you know, the employee assistance program. Yeah, where yeah. Someplace where you can go where you are, you know, if you are hurting on the inside. Yeah. And you can that's, do that in confidence. No, that's actually a, a great point. Because one of the key, I hate to say parts, but 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 the parts that led to uh, the problems Ashley had is she claimed she was sexually assaulted by a service member during one of the 
tribute to the troops shows overseas and the company either told her depending on the version of the story either told her to drop it or never really did anything with it and if they if they had had something as basic as an employee advocate group that you get you're a cashier at a grocery store and you get an employee right. advocate you know she, she had no yeah. course of action mm-hmm. once the people running her contract mm-hmm. decided that they weren't going to do anything about it yeah that she was, was basically the, told to to, you know. to let it go that was one of the hardest articles I've written out of all my articles. I've, I get, I've, I've uh, chosen a lot of sad topics, but uh, the Ashley Mazzara one was a tough one because I didn't know how much detail I should write about that incident. Because Well, Javier, my, I'm going to stop you, know, you right like, there because you yeah. just opened up a line of questioning, and I want you to continue that answer, but incorporate this into it. You said it was personally a hard article for you to write, and you struggled personally with how much to write, how much to put in. Is there ever a choice in editorial content? Do you ever have really a choice to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, or do you pick and choose the truth? We're the the guidelines we are given, at least I'm given, is tell as much as what's needed to tell the story, as much okay. as needed. Don't don't embellish, don't add things, make oh, yeah. sure there's sources, tell whatever's needed to, to for the story to be right. And uh for that for the Mazara one, I was actually trying to cut myself a little short on what mm-hmm. happened over in Kuwait. Yeah. My my thinking was what if a family member stumbles upon this article and they're like, why are they talking about my mom like this? What? But then I'm, but then I was told, listen, man, I know it's tough, mm-hmm. but this is, this is already public information. It's been out there for years. You're yeah. just writing what's already been out there for years. So Javier, you, you opened up another, another, um, another Pandora's box here, brother. <laughs> Dan will tell you, and I have had this conversation with Dan and with other guests on the show, and I feel extremely passionate about this subject matter. Is Ashley Massaro a person or a product? She, I mean, it goes back to the question about Selena Vega, right? It's a hard Vega, question right? to answer, isn't it? Yeah. It's a hard question to answer. Well, she was, she was treated basically like a product by WWE, seems like. Yeah. Not That's a person. That's my point. And you uh, just, thank you very much. You yep. just nailed it. Because I want to ask you another question. Uh, I'm not done with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done with you yet. Um, the company, it's clear, treats their superstars for lack of a better word they're they're 1099 contracted employees they treat them like merchandise like products okay that's clear that's without dispute without argument i don't think there's anybody here that would argue that point but but if you listen to people like cowboy scott casey and johnny mantell and people like J.J. Dillon and Jimmy Valiant and Bill Dundee and, and any number of old-timers we've had, 
They all had a life too. Okay. At what point do you cease to become a product and live your life as a person? Benny, take that one. You know, I think, and a lot of the guys you mentioned, though, were, you know, in their heyday was the territory days where, you know, you know, they could they could work for a territory for six months, give their two weeks notice and then go somewhere else and work. And they kept doing that, you know, for years and years and years. Benny, let me stop you right there for a minute. To Javier's point earlier. Working a gig on Twitch TV is tantamount to the same thing. It's it's the new territory. Let's just call it what it is. It's the new territory. Social media is the new territory system. Uh Because that's how these people are getting seen. Am I not? Am I lying? Am I wrong? No. That's how they're being seen. So, and I understand what you're saying, Benny, and you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But again, to Javier's point, they do they not have a right to make uh, you know to earn some money to make a living to be to be a person so where does the the commodity cease and the person breathe again if 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 you look at the if you look at what it is to be an employee as opposed to a contractor they on on their on their on their contract, it says contractor, and then it mentions independent contractor. Basically, an employee will have more control over how you do your work. If the wrestlers don't, they don't uh, choose how they're going to, they don't choose their outfits. You know, WWE has a lot of yeah. control over them, yeah. like employees, not independent contractors. So that's their WWE's argument is very loose, and I and I really do think things are going to change somehow if if things are going to. Here is what, and I want, I really want like Dan and Benny to kind of chime in on this one, because Javier, you were you set up this question splendidly, splendidly. I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you. Right. Here's the question I have, Dan the man. Yes, sir. And Big Ben, piano wire scala. Um, <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> uh, the question is this, and it's it's a it's a fairly straightforward one. Uh, given the fact that they are independent contractors, they are treated as such, and we know that, and that's never been in dispute. How is it? Explain to me. How, for all of these years, more people haven't won suits against them. They keep winning. They got this legal team that finds these loopholes, and they just drive a train through it. Like, is it so simple? Is their contract so simple that it's, Bulletproof, or well, is it so bulletproof that it's simple? It, it's a, actually a combination of both, and the biggest thing is that it's a contract. I mean, you saw that when the story broke that the WWE was cracking down on third parties. 
AJ Styles, Xavier Woods, anybody who had a prominent third party uh, identity, they yeah. were pulled in. Basically, here's your new contract. Sign it or you're fired. You know, you you sign the contract under your own recognizance. And there's, you know, I'm, I mean, let's be honest. I'm sure a WWE active contract is probably half as thick as a phone book with all the technical loopholes that, that are in there. Dan, let me ask you a question. And I've heard that, and I've heard it from several sources. My question would be, if given the choice between signing the contract or being fired, fire my ass, okay? Yeah. But the 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 right result the right scenario would be okay mr mcmahon i will cease and desist all third party activity but make it up to me in my contract see and that's that's the um, thing is is it's <laughs> something uh, javier touched on is the power struggle is slowly shifting. For 18 of the last 21 years, the WWE was the only national program in the United States. Now you've got, and I mean prominent, I, TNA was was around, but their yeah. market share was in statistically insignificant. But Nicholson they were the only Lions. major yeah. player. Now you've got... You know, uh, AEW, you've got, you know, uh, like you said, with with NWA and their big yeah. uh, touch in the Internet market, Triple uh, A having their their branch in the United States. You, you have that that uh, the power struggle is shifting. But for years, they were able to get away with it because, yeah, OK, you could fire me. Unfortunately, one of the other side effects of WWE being, you know, and, and the, the collapse in quality is the pay of indie wrestlers has plummeted, yeah. too. So that guy that's making 50 bucks a, a, a night wrestling in a gym in, in central south, you know, let's say South Orange in Jersey, you know, he'd take, he'd take a WWE contract today if you gave it to him. So sure, uh, oh, Zelina Vega wants to stand up on her, on her morals mm -hmm. and, and have the high suit. Fine, I'm going to replace you tomorrow with somebody I can pay less. So, you know, there comes to the point where it's like, look, keep your money and tough it out. Mm -hmm. Such as some talents have done, where they've finally gotten to the point where I've made enough money, I can I can quit and live comfortably, <laughs> or yeah. you have no choice. You know that's kind of the they kind of strong arm them. Plus, unfortunately, the some of the wrestling was still that that brotherhood that people were afraid to challenge the WWE because they would have been blacklisted elsewhere. Ah, Danny, chime in on that one. I was just going to say that, you know, is it that they're just so big that they can't be beaten? Or, you know, maybe like if, if somebody like a John Cena, somebody with, you know, you know a little bit of money and maybe some, some you know, political capital went against them. Maybe, the maybe like, like a Bruno did. Maybe that's they the can thing. have a different result. You know, that's a real good point. Javier, Benny makes an interesting point. He mentions John Cena. I'm going to throw some other names into that mix. Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah. Steve Austin, Terry Bollea, uh, people of that caliber, guys who are superiorly well-known, globally well-known. Not only are they well-known as wrestlers, but they're known as actors and television personalities and, and whatever else they do because of their, largely because of the push that they got from WWE television. And that's a big television network, by the way. Don't kid yourself. They're big. Um, here's the question I have. 
will it take inevitably or eventually choose whatever adjective you want? Will it take someone of that caliber to come forward and speak on behalf of the current roster? If if you want pretty much immediate results, the big guy, the big game, big names like that have to get involved immediately. But behind the scenes, what you do need, what you need is signatures, a lot of signatures, like two thirds, right? Some number like that, and then yeah. uh, then you can petition to be in in uh, in this case, SAG and in, in, um, the Screen Actors Guild, right? Well, we will have. Um... And one of the things Dan and I talked about privately, uh, we are, after the first of the year, we are going to delimit the topic of wrestling because it's so bad these days. It really is bad. But we are going to increase our subject matter of wrestling journalism. because there's a lot to talk about in the written form. Certainly, there's more being written about wrestling than actual wrestling. And that's a scary thought, guys. <laughs> it's true. Am I, Every, at least, everyone's got a book, right? Yeah. Tell yeah. me if I'm lying. Am I lying? Not in the slightest. No, I'm not. I'm not lying at all. But we are going to feature a lot more actors, actresses, newsmakers, uh, pop culture icons, uh, YouTube influencers, people like that. Um, one of the people I spoke to yesterday, he called me surprise call, by the way, I got a phone call from Teddy Hart, a guy who has a reputation of, uh, again, like some of the other people we mentioned, he's, he plays by Teddy's rules. He plays by his own rules and he's kind of like can call his own shots because of who he is. Um, now, unfortunately for Teddy, it's backfired. Now he kind of blacklisted himself. Uh, I should say that Teddy is on probation. He's doing really well. He's got himself cleaned up and he's straightened out. He sounds really good. Um, and I'm going to meet with him uh, in January. And we're going we're gonna to talk about him coming on the show, perhaps in studio next to me. Um, perhaps via Skype, but he's going to be in my area, uh, in January. Um, and, but he's a guy that's very reminiscent of some of these old school guys. Yeah. So I was going to say, he's one of the, the, the guys that I can say, this guy's very old school, whether you like him or not, this guy's one of those, you feel that there's some realism there. You know, and you know. think about it. And Dan and I can can tell you because we interviewed Brian Pillman, Brian Jr. You know, of course, um, Teddy is part of that crew. Uh, mm. Davy Boy Smith, you know, British yeah. Bulldog Jr. Yeah, you gotta remember something. These these three kids are tight. I call them kids or young men, but you know, <laughs> when you get to me and Benny's age, everybody's a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but here's the right, Ben. Oh yeah. But, he, but here's the thing, though, Benny. You know, a guy like uh, uh, Teddy Hart and uh, Bulldog Jr. and Brian Jr., you know, they're old school by nature, by infusion, by upbringing. It's a different kind of work ethic. Yeah. 
You know, it just amazed Dan and I how Brian Pillman Jr. could flip-flop in and out of kayfabe like yeah. it was... You're laughing, Dan. Tell them what I'm talking about. No, no you're, you're absolutely right. The, the moment that jumps out to me the most, you had asked him about his appearance in the Battle Royal on dark and he was he was talking about being backstage talking to the producers you know here's how we're gonna go and they tell me when i'm going out and and then he's like i walked through that curtain and i saw the competition and i knew i had to do my and then he's next thing you know he's in character describing it like it's a real fight having told us the story that they were he was was guys it was brilliant Oh, it was it was amazing. It's for, it was, when you hear someone like that, that's refreshing. You know, it's refreshing. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. I got to see Brian wrestle. Uh, he, uh, how I met him was he came here to New Jersey, and I got to hang out with him backstage a bit because the promoter's a good friend of mine, and I do a lot of work for him, and I plug him incessantly on the show. Um, but Brian's a really good kid. He's really grounded, and he's a hell of a worker, and he wrestles a lot like his dad. And it's like you watching him work. I'm going to tell you something, man. It's scary. This kid is like scary good. He's like his father. And you don't, you never want to compare him to his father, but, you know, how can you not? Because he, he looks just like him. I mean, it looks like his dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? On, on that note, Angelo, I just yeah. wanted to add something. I'm actually in, in El Salvador. And uh, I get to speak with some of the old school wrestlers down here, and they don't let kayfabe go that easily. When I when I when oh. I speak with them and interview them, they're showing me pictures, they're all bloody, and they're talking about things. But they're talking about things semi kayfabe, but they don't yeah. let you in completely. You know, they're like they Brother, a lot of I'm things they keep they keep close to their chest, man. And you know this better than I do, Mexico. Yeah. You will not break kayfabe in Mexico. They they yeah, take that it's shit serious, serious you know? man. Yeah. Those lucha guys, yeah. they will take you in the back alley and hurt your ass. I mean, <laughs> they protect look at, kayfabe. Look at that. Yeah, the old clips of Mill Mascaris doing the news interviews in a suit with his mask on. Well, he would he would supposedly kayfabe the guys in the. He'd be taking a shower with his mask on. Yeah, and then he would he would he would put a clean one on after he took his shower. He's he's kayfabing he's kayfabing the boys in the shower. I wonder if his driver's license had a mask on. Actually, yeah, go ahead, Benny. No, I said I wonder if his driver's license he had a mask on. (laughs) Well, wait a minute, I'll tell you who did, and Javier will know exactly who I'm talking about. His name was the great El Santo. El Santo, yeah. El Santo. (laughs) This guy was the biggest star in Mexico. In South America, period. El Santo. He was a movie star wrestler before there were movie star wrestlers. It was between him and uh, Blue Demon. Blue Demon and El Santo. And he did every movie with a mask on. Every movie. Yeah. Another guy we heard, Dan and I had Ron Fuller on the show. Oh, yeah. Ron joined us uh, on camera. Talked about Johnny Walker. Mr. Wrestling 2. Mr. Wrestling 2 used to shower with his mask on. Real. I'm not. I'm, Dan, tell me if I'm. Please. No, you're. You're it's right. He had that story. Mr. Wrestling, even even in really recent interviews, he was he was almost I would say seventy percent kayfabe in what they were asking him with yeah. without his without his mask, but he was pretty much in character still. And it was yeah, great. and you know what's a shame because Mr. Wrestling to Johnny Walker was a guy. Man, he 
he could have been so much bigger. We talked about on the show when Ron Fuller was here. He could have been a lot bigger than he was, but uh, apparently Johnny was his biggest, his own worst enemy, is how it was told to Dan and I. You know? Is that the gist you got, Dan, that kind of Johnny Walker was his own worst enemy? I can't argue with that. He was, uh, he kind of set himself down the wrong path with some of the choices he made. Yeah, bad choices, I think, is, a, is a, a great way to describe it. Benny, let me ask you a question. You've written some articles for Pro Wrestling Stories. Is there an article or a, a story that you wanted to write, but for whatever reason, either your conscience or fear of repercussions, that you did not write something that you really felt strongly about? I, I can't really say I've gotten to that point yet. I mean, I've, I've only written a couple. There's so many more that I want to do, but I, I really, I, I honestly couldn't give a good answer to that because I'm, I'm not really at that point yet. Okay, fair enough. Javier, let me throw that same question to you. Is there a, that, like one particular story either? And I'm sure you may have one or two. Good. I only, uh, I only gave gave up on one story. Okay. For the meantime, it it was uh his name is James Buffalo Bill Barrier. He was a promoter in Order. Las Vegas. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Tell and the story. his his uh his gym, his school, his his uh auto repair shop was right next to a strip club owned by alleged mafia mafiosos. That's and, not alleged. It's real. Yeah. And there is <laughs> there is so much information out there, just legalities, and the mob was in there and in there real, real deep and real ugly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, spoilers ahead: James Barrier wound up dying, and supposedly it was an accident. But everything's really strange there. Well, mm-hmm. I can tell you, there's a lot more to that that people don't know. Uh-huh. Um, I can also tell you that um, that Jimmy Boy, as they called him, was uh, was up to his two eye in loans and gambling debt and uh, uh, other nefarious activity. So he was not an innocent at all, and he was a big boy who knew who he was dealing with. Um. You know, look, it's like, uh, uh, how did the, you know, how did, how did they used to say it? Um, it, it's almost like you got to pick your battles. That line, uh, how was it? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. You know what I'm saying? Along those lines, you know, he knew he, the point I'm trying to make is he knew who he was involved with. Of course. Yeah. You know, and, and he had to know that if he crossed the wrong guy. You know, it only takes one guy to piss off. Yeah, at some point, at some point, he had, he should he you know he got to be like you know what I'm I'm not going to get involved with this because I'm I got da- I got a family I, I got I think it was two daughters. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, well, I tell you, you know, it's um, it's bad. Yeah, it's a shame, but you know, we Dan and I have done a couple of shows, like four shows already on the mafia. Um, we're not advocating for it, by the way, folks. So just just so you know. <laughs> We're just telling the story uh, of stories that have already been out there. Books that are being written, have been written, and are being written. Um, 
The difference between what we do and what other people do, however, is we have, I think Dan and I offer a, a pretty good balance of the pros and cons, you know, I think we give a balanced view of all the participants involved, the good, you know, to, to, to steal the movie title, Dan, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, on that note, we are coming to the end of our show and I wanted to save this announcement for last. I am offering big Ben Scala from Ocala and Dan, the man, the opportunity to continue this segment. And I'm going to tell you why I am bowing out from the wrestling conversations. I am going to concentrate exclusively only on non-wrestling issues and that will mean pop culture news uh entertainment that sort of stuff um i'm really in more authors i'm bringing a lot more authors on um i'm bringing some pretty heavy people on um like presidential level heavy uh, Anthony Scaramucci will be a guest on the show. Um, in case you don't know he who he is, just Google Scaramucci and Trump. <laughs> he worked for Donald Trump for a while. Um, but uh, we're going to do a lot of stuff. And so I would like to offer Benny Scala to welcome you back into the fold and say, if you want it, it's yours, kid. To do what? Just do more of the wrestling stuff? Yeah, you and Dan take over the wrestling stuff. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yep, Dan, you and you and Ben? <laughs> that was quick, Benny. <laughs> I mean, well, uh I, I mean, you know, I'm always I'm always down to talk wrestling. All right. I'll so walk we'll... you through it. I'll make sure that you're okay. <laughs> you know? I'll make sure you don't get uh, you know too heavy in the weeds. I'll give you your knowledge. I'll, I'll smarten you up. Uh, yeah, I mean, just keep in mind, I am an enhancement talent, you know? I, I'm, I'm trying I'm to give Williams you a push podcast, here, brother. So. No, I'm that, trying to give you a push. You're an enhancement talent. You're a ham and egger. Yeah. I'm trying to make you a main eventer. <laughs> Angela, Frankie you know your stuff, but Dan, Dan, know, Dan's, Dan knows his stuff, man. I mean, uh, Angel, Angelo's Angelo, but, def, but Dan, you can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone with with wrestling knowledge i'll tell you that you know, like only one person only one person he can't and he knows it that's that's what i was trying to get to it <laughs> <laughs> and benny scala may have one up on him too yeah. you know what it is though javier and it, it's it's a simple answer we're old mm-hmm. age the best experience in the world comes with age well, it's a good perspective between you and Dan. It's a good perspective you guys have on the well, show. Well, and I'll That's tell you something. Said. And in, in fairness, and, I'll, and, and this is kudos to you, because I've learned, I always looked at these shows are, as much as they are giving information to the audience, I also get information from these. Because Dan will fill me in on a unique perspective that he has that I may not have thought of, or I exactly. may be looking at through an older set of eyes where 
you know, he'll take the same subject matter and kind of tweak it into the 21st century. Yeah. So an old fart like me can understand it. Yeah. You know, because I'm pretty, you know, meat and potatoes, you know. Yeah. I'm a nuts and bolts kind of guy. Like, there's, you know, Benny and I are like cut from the same cloth. We're just yeah. two old Italian guys from New York, you know. But there needs to be, there needs to be, still needs to be shows like that. That's that the show's an important show, and it needs to needs to continue. Whether it's not wrestling or or other topics, it needs to continue. Yeah. If I would encourage, well, I'd like you know to, to offer you know, Benny the opportunity to uh, to be a recurring guest on the show from from time to time if you you want to do it. Yeah, you know, you said something before, Angelo, that, that, that like there really is nobody besides us. Who is you know talking about you know the seventies and you know the old school wrestlers and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, and then uh, you go on Facebook, and I, I think I'm probably a member of about a hundred wrestling pages. Yeah. And, you know, somebody will say you know the Mount Rushmore of WWE, and they'll put like you know Coco Beware at number six, and I, I'll put like Did you guys ever hear Bruno San Martino, and I'll, I'll get lambasted by some you know twenty two year old kid. Who you know because they don't have that historical perspective, and it, it's- I just as you're speaking, Benny, honest to God, this is breaking now. As you're speaking, Eddie Mansfield just texted me, congratulations on five million downloads. Yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm I kid you not. I'm reading it right <laughs> now. Let me tell you who we've we've had on the show here. It this has been amazing. We've had J.J. McGuire, J.J. Dillon. We've had Sal Carrente, David O'Hannon, uh, the Metal Maniac, Karen McDaniel, Barbara Goodish, Baby Doll, Magnum TA, Brian Pillman Jr., Cowboy Johnny Mantel, Cowboy Johnny, uh, Scott Casey, Nikita Brezhnikov, Tony Volano, Jason Knight, Doc Diamond, Danny Case, Evan Ginsberg, Lanny Poffo, Bill Pierce, Jimmy Valiant, Bill Dundee, Andrew Anderson, Sam Houston, Bill Apter, Phil Russo, Mike Williams, Vince Russo, three times, Joyce Grable, Casey Carlisle, Kathy Fitzpatrick, Jack Victory, Judy Martin, Katie Lee, John Arezzi, uh, Prince X Victoria, and Casey, um, the Kenny Casanova, Steve McCoy, Eric Dawson, Mike Williams, Dominic Danucci. Upcoming guests include. Uh, Stephen Bonner for his second appearance. Stephen Plim for his fifth appearance. Uh, George Anastasia coming back. The Hacksaw Butch Reed. Um, Kevin Sullivan, of course, coming back. Wow. Randy Hogan, Nick Christopher, Eddie Mansfield. And um, who am I missing? Uh, oh, and Pete Wilcox, who was back in the 70s and 80s, Known as America's TV Elvis. He was on Murphy Brown, Charles in Charge, Happy Days, The Sandy Duncan Show. And these are names, unless you're 60 or older, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and But probably me and Benny may be the only two guys here who know what I'm talking about. So anyway. You didn't mention, you didn't me- didn't mention Grimley, Grimlina, Angelo. Oh, I forgot Grimmy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Grimmy's been... How many times has she been here? Do I Several. remember? Oh, my God. Four <laughs> yeah. times? Five times? Javier, you probably know better than I do. Yeah, four? Four? 
most of most of the uh, lady lady wrestler shows she's been on, most of them. That's yeah. yeah. You know what? You're right. Dan, was it like four times now? Four, four or five, easy. I love the one. With, I, with, I think her. I think her appearance on the uh, Jeff Memorial Show should count as two, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke, but yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, for sure. The fact but, I just yeah, I mean, always want to let you know, Angela, the fact that you have you, you've gotten all those guests, it's 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 amazing, and and props to to you, and and, and Dan being there for you've been there. Ever since Jeff the Ref was gone, you took you you took his spot, right, Dan? Correct. I mean, for, yes. It's it's always going to be Jeff's spot, but but you you have to you have to fill in. Oh yeah, right? yeah. You know. Yeah. But, uh, the, I, but those you know those what? those that's guests. The thing, Javier, and I, I thank you for bringing the bringing Jeff up because that's the thing. It's really important. Um, I made a promise that Jeff would always be represented in this show, and he is in every show. He's never far from my thoughts you know it's such a young guy young young guy when he passed um he had a lot of medical problems but still he's young you know 42 years old um that's my age but yeah i need mean, to think about that you know just his, his life is just getting started and he that man i'm gonna tell you something brother he knew more about wrestling off the top of his head than most people if they had the, you know, the thesaurus in front of them or, you know, uh, a, a full volume of Encyclopedia Britannica's of wrestling, you know, uh, it would be like, you know, one Jeff the ref is like having like five Bill Afters at your disposal. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. and he's another guy that's been here, too. Uncle Bill After. <laughs> but uh yeah so we are um we're going to continue to do our uh, our wrestling with the future shows but we're going to do a a lot less uh wrestling in that regard um more wrestling journalism because quite frankly folks the uh the pro the problem is that there's not a product that you can really enjoy uh, I, I can't watch, and Dan, I've said this before many times, I can't watch but maybe 10 minutes of it. It's, right. it's, it's hard. I literally, as of this date today, as of December 3rd, I have literally not watched wrestling in almost two years. Yeah, same. It's, it's one of those things where you just don't care about the, the performers. You don't, you know, I call them performers. You know, if we're talking about WWE, you just don't yeah. care about them. You know, well, and that's what they say. are. They're, they are performers. They're actors. What's this, that, Benny? This is what I was, one of the questions that I was uh, going to ask Javier. And it says, oh, do, yes. you think, do you think us older guys are relegated to watching old school wrestling on YouTube for the rest of our lives? I mean, is there ever going to be another product that we, you know, we can live with? Uh, well, I started watching wrestling in late 85, early 86. So I'm, I'm, I consider myself a, a pretty newcomer, not, but for me, I'm 42 years old. 90% of my wrestling watching is on YouTube. Yeah. And I, and I think for the, for, for you guys who are definitely were, were there for the, 
you know, 70s and, and, and all that and, and late 60s, like Angela has mentioned. I think it's going to be harder and harder to watch, uh, in this case, Raw and SmackDown. Maybe That's not. Tough. Maybe not other companies, maybe, but Raw and SmackDown, that, that's, that's, it's going to be impossible it's from now awful. on. Oh yeah. my God, it's awful. I, I, I go to a, let's say like I go to a restaurant or a sports bar and, and I sometimes tell them to put it on, but what do I get? There's a guy in the middle of the ring talking for like 20 minutes. And yeah, then everyone, I, everyone else is there is like, take this crap off. I, mean, I can't if, stand that. You know, take this off. They're not even wrestling. You know, they're not even let, doing let anything. Me tell you how, <laughs> let me tell you how dramatically wrestling has evolved. And I, in the words of Princess Victoria, who said it best, how wrestling has devolved. Devolved. There used to be a one-hour show every week. With anywhere from eight to ten matches. Think about this. Hi, Angelo. You know, I, I got I to gotta go check something out. Are we recording this or this is extra? No, this is all. We're, we're on the air, brother. I'm sorry. Um, you need to speak. You need to. Yeah, I got I got I got to split, Angelo. I apologize. I got to okay, go well, check something what, we, out. We will. Uh, we'll say good night. Javier, you are welcome back. Please take me up on my invite. Thank I want you very you much. You let me know. Uh. Maybe I guess Dan is taking over the wrestling. You said, or I'll, I'll make sure Dan coordinates with you. Absolutely, <laughs> and, I, and I apologize. I just gotta, I just gotta go do something right Javier, now. Javier, thank you very much. Yeah, it was and a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Benny. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Dan. Yeah. Angelo, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good night, Javier. Thank you. Great guest. Yeah, from El Salvador. That's where he was in El Salvador tonight. Yeah, but what you... I was, the point I was making that to Javier is. Um, you know, um, Benny, that was a really, really good question. You know, uh, I mean, are we relegated to watching, you know, YouTube? I hope so because it's better than <laughs> it's better than than what's on television. I'll watch he, hours of Memphis, Old South, you know, uh, Championship Wrestling, Florida. I mean, you I'll, name it. I'll watch that stuff all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, Dan. How about you, brother? Yeah, Are you no, enjoying um, today's product? Well, I mean, uh, AEW is about to get a lot better now that they've signed 61-year-old Sting to a full-time contract. But um, To do what? I, I assume to he'll take what? the same role. I assume he'll take the same role that Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard have. He'll be the uh, manager slash, you know, he can still show up with the bat and point it at somebody. But, um, no, to, to answer your question... I think it's it's telling not just us, but the WWE Network. When they publish their numbers, an overwhelming majority of their streams are products prior to 1985. People are watching the Mid-South tapes. Think People of, are yeah. watching the AWA tapes. They're watching the, the old-school WWE yeah. or WWF. And, and therein lies the success of WWE. It's not their product. It's their archive. Yeah, that's where their success lies. The company was built on Pedro, Bruno, Superstar Graham, Buddy Rogers, um, Eduardo Carpante, Dominic DiNucci, um, Bull Ramos, Flying Fred Curry, guys like this, you know, people of that caliber. That's who built that company. Thank goodness somebody had the foresight 
to record all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And keep it and not bicycle over it. Yeah. Do you know how many great matches are lost to history? Because they would literally take the the videotape and record over it and send it around the loop. I, I think they yep. did that with a lot of the old Capitol wrestling from uh, Washington, D.C., because you see very little of that on TV. Yeah. You know why? There's two reasons why. They bicycled over it, number one. And number two, the television station they were using in Baltimore, which they actually they called it from Washington, D.C., but really, Benny, it was Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, but it's the same difference because you're right there. Um, the television station in Baltimore still owns those old what's left of them, the old capital tapes. Unfortunately, nobody will ever see, they'll never see the light of day. Nobody will ever see them because they're going to be held up in litigation from now till Tuesday. Right. Vince McMahon doesn't own them because he doesn't own Capital Wrestling. Right. There is another company called Capital Wrestling. Hope for all intents and purposes if they chose to, can claim ownership of those old tapes. Yeah. Because it's their name. And you, you see that with, uh, I mean, in, in even, and, and I give him credit where credit's due, his vision, when McMahon was buying up some of the territories, he was buying the archives. He wasn't buying the talent or the, or the, the, ter- the, the, the streaming right, you know, and streaming rights. Dan, he wanted to, he bought, he was buying the TV time slots right. and he was buying the yeah. tapes. And Dan, that's what a lot of people don't know. They said, well, Vince McMahon went in and, you know, he bought everybody out. No, he didn't. Let me tell you what happened. And and you know, Dan, I'm not the biggest Vince fan. Right. But here's what happened, Benny. Vince walked in, as he did in all these places, San Francisco or Minneapolis or Texas, where he walked into all these places with a suitcase full of cash. Like he did everywhere. <laughs> and he offered them the opportunity to buy in. I will pay you X amount of dollars for your promotion. You come and work for me. They all said no. They let their ego get in the way. So he said, okay, well, if you're not going to work for me, then I'm just going to buy you. He, he literally did a Don Corleone on them. He <laughs> made them all an offer they couldn't refuse. Yep. And Vern Gagne, who was the last holdout, who said no at every amount he throwed at them, that he threw at them, Vince finally said, you know what? I won't deal with you. I'll deal with your television network. Right. And yep. he made the the station owner an offer he couldn't refuse. So the guy that Vern Gagne has been doing business with for 30 years on a dime said, goodbye. Yep. Bye-bye, baby. That's how we got so much money every week to put Vince's show on the air, correct? Exactly. That's $3,000 a week, Benny. Yep, that's how he got Three. Georgia and Deep South, too. Yep. He bought, he bought their time slots, and without the television, they, they were gone within you know, a short time. 
Well, without TV, well, that that's what happened to Eric Bischoff. Yeah. You know? Well, because Eric Bischoff had, he was going to buy WCW, but Turner told him they weren't going to air wrestling anymore. And yeah. no, his investors weren't going to back a wrestling yeah. company that didn't have a time slot. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, how do you buy a wrestling company with no TV? Exactly. Where, where, where do you go? So, okay, so you own a wrestling company. Okay, so now you have a network that's tried and true that had been broadcasting wrestling for 30, 40 years up to that point. Yep. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, they want nothing. I mean, nothing to do with wrestling. So you got this company and no television. How do you sell that to another station? Yeah. How do you go to another network, Benny? And say, well, we got this great product, but we don't have a, a way to broadcast it. Uh, let's make a deal. Well, they're not going to make a deal with you. How are they going to put money up for something they don't know about? Right. Right. Okay. Because the chances are, unless you follow wrestling, you don't know what this stuff is. That was the, the whole issue with Time Warner. They didn't, none of those guys watched wrestling. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't care to watch it. They didn't want to watch it. They didn't want it on their network. Right. It's not the first thing that went when Time Warner took over Turner. Boom. Right. WCW was out. Right. Gone. Yep. And the rest, as they say, is history. history. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's going on with Benny Scala from Ocala, the technically Newport Richie? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that the women call me Big Ben, those with thick glasses who really can't see. But, there you uh, go. <laughs> so I, I, I start a new job on Monday, and uh, so I'll be, I'll be working from home. So that's why I said I will have a lot more time. I've been driving so at the same time. How has the... Uh, um, Clearly, the uh, uh, pandemic uh, corona has affected you now, so you're working from home. Well, no, I will be starting on Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been driving to St. Pete every day, which is oh, like, okay, gotcha. Got an hour okay. drive each way, so I'm very happy to be start, you know, staying at home. Yeah, saving a ton of money on gas, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah, an hour. Holy shit. Yeah, well, the Benny, when I first met Benny, he said he would listen to our show on the drive. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, the first guest I listened to was Jimmy Valiant. And then you had a yeah. run in with Davey O'Hannon. And I'm thinking, like, man, these guys really love each other. And just listening to them is what hooked me on the show. And yeah. You know, oh, well, we love them. your boogies a trip. Well, you yeah. know, you got to talk to him. Yep. Yeah. I read, his, I read his book, too. Yeah. Great book. Yep. Great, great book. Love that book. I think you're in there somewhere, Angelo. I am. I'm on page 564. Oh, yep. Yep. Dan, stop laughing. <laughs> so what's uh, what, what's the uh, the deal now? How do people get a hold of Ben Scout on your social media? Plug away any of the... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Stuff? It's Benny Scout. I think I'm friends with just about everybody in the wrestling business because I can't get enough of it. You know, wrestling yeah, is like know, crack, right? you know? And In fact, really, I was going to say to Javier, when I saw, you know, I looked in... Uh, I, I, on pro wrestling stories, he's got so many different stories about so many different people. Oh my, yeah. He's got Davey O'Hannon. He's got he's got Larry and Bruno. 
he's got something with Ric Flair and Jack Vanino about the title change that was never that, that was never recognized. Yeah, Just like fascinating stuff. Oh yeah, oh that that title change, boy, that's that's a story and a half if you yeah, never right. heard it. You could do an entire show just on on what led up to that. Oh right. man, you have no idea, brother. Oh, I know I know the ins and outs of that one. <laughs> you know, you gotta remember something. I've been I have had my nose to the grindstone on this for a long time. Oh, yeah. A long time. And I know all the players, all of them. Um, and they've most of them have been on the show too. <laughs> a lot of them have. Um so uh, you're on Facebook just to look up Benny Scala then? Just Benny Scala. Yep. There you go. Or Dan, Benny PFG. What's going on in the world of uh, Dan the Man Sebastiano? How do people get a hold of you and how do they find us and all that stuff? Well, I'm on Twitter, the man underscore WWTF, uh, Wrestling with the Future. We're on Twitter at Wrestling Future. That's no G at Wrestling Future. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Wrestling with the Future podcast. We're on Instagram, Wrestling with the Future podcast. And we can be found anywhere podcasts are listened to, uh, as well as numerous radio and international networks as well. We continue to grow. Uh, Angela mentioned earlier, you know, five million. That's a hell of a hit. So, uh, Brother, we are everywhere. Going out. How many different platforms? Oh, Is it we're everywhere. Yeah. We are on radio. We're on TV in Europe. We're in, in Canada. We're on television in Canada. Um, they stream our show. That's It's wow. just nuts. It really is. It's crazy. Um, we, <laughs> Benny, you don't know about this, but we're going we're gonna to do a commercial here. Um, and then I'm going to tell everybody about our new sponsor coming on. All right. Dan. Okay. Well, we, <laughs> we do have a new, uh, like Angela said, we have a new sponsor coming up, but this show is sponsored by our friends at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com is the leading supplier producer of man trimming products. Their current package is lawnmower 3.0. It includes a, uh, deodorizing spray or excuse me, a refreshing spray, a deodorant, uh, comes at a, Leather carry bag, a very nice leather carry bag. You can use promo code Wrestling Future for twenty percent off your purchase. They're uh, they're pushing the weed whacker now. It's a nose and ear trimmer, like I mentioned last show. Is an Italian. I'm pretty much required by law to have one of those. But I love their products. Manscaped.com. They are great stuff. They've been friends of the show pretty much since the beginning. So Manscaped.com promo code Wrestling Future. That is Manscaped.com. Your balls, your will, balls thank you. will thank you. Beautiful. And so will we. Benny, you're going to love this, brother. Our new sponsor coming on board is Blue Chew. Nice. So you can shave them and get them to stand the shit. If there's one market that Wrestling with the Future can corner, it's boners and shave balls, and that's for damn sure. Absolutely. It's a pretty, pretty stiff competition, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I just, you know what, Benny? You just gave me the tagline for our new spot. There you go. <laughs> oh, shit. On that twisted and sorted <laughs> We're note. all going to be hard at work, right? Oh, for God. <laughs> He's going to be doing this for the next 15 Oh, man. <laughs> for Benny Scala, for Dan the Man, I'm Angelo DeCipio. Until next time, we continue to wrestle with the future. Take care, everybody. Be good to everyone. Be good to yourselves. Be good to your neighbors. And we'll see you happy wrestling. Take care.